0: First Kings 19, uh, the 19th chapter and verse number 3 through uh, verse number 18 is where we're going to draw the text from. And if you care to turn there, you'll notice as we follow through and give you the primary text, uh, faith and confidence, faith and confidence. Um, let me share something uh, about a particular subject. It works best in the dark, and it can hide yet in the brightest of lights. It knows no boundaries and has no respect of persons. It's destructive and can break the human will. It will scream for its advantage, yet be patient for just the right moment to take hold of. It's not afraid of success or personal accomplishment or name recognition. It's called loneliness. And on the stats that I read, our culture is more lonely today than it's ever been. Loneliness is the result of trying to fill voids in our lives with artificial things. And we know as a church and as followers of Jesus Christ that the antidote to loneliness is an up-to-date, fire-breathed passion for Jesus Christ. It's unbelievable. It's loneliness, anxiety, unrest in one's heart. Dr. Daniel Borston, who was at one time the librarian of Congress, went to the closet where they kept the, the small items of past presidents and pulled out a little blue box. And out of that little blue box, he lifted out the contents of the president's pockets on the night of April the 14th, 1865. And since that was the fateful night that Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, every viewer's attention that had gathered there seized the moment. Borston proceeded to remove the items. There were five of them. The first one was a handkerchief, embroidered A. Lincoln. The second was a country boy's penknife. The third were spectacle, a spectacles case repaired with just a string, a purse the next containing a $5 bill of Confederate money, and amazingly, some old, worn newspaper clippings. The clippings, said Morston, were concerned with the great deeds of Abraham Lincoln, of which one of them purported that John Bright, a great British statesman, had made this statement and it was recorded in the newspaper, Abraham Lincoln is one of the greatest men of all times. And we understand that that was the assessment, but in 1865, millions shared quite, shared quite a different contrast to that. We know that the President's critics were fierce and many it was lonely, Abraham Lincoln was lonely suffering from the turmoil. Of a country being ripped to shreds by hatred, by marches, by cruelty, and the cost of war. And there is something that seems to be a bit pathetic in the mental picture of this great leader seeking solace and seeking self-assurance from a few old newspaper clippings as he read them under the flickering flame of a candle all alone in the Oval Office. We've all been there at times in our lives when we seemed extremely alone, that we had major problems that we could not share, issues that were only known to us, deep secrets buried in the heart. And many times we could look back at a time when we were at the pinnacle of enjoying the success or accomplishment or something really worked out and it was a wonderful day or a moment of celebration, maybe longer, only to find yourself continuing on the journey. And now in some circumstance or some particular issue or something, some table turned around on you and you find yourself alone. The bright lights are there. Family is there. Office is there. Revenue might still be good. Accomplishment seems to be fading away. It looks back as if your best accomplishments are in the past, but they're not. But you begin to believe that. And the loneliness and the anxiety and maybe a bit of fear begins to come in. In First Kings, the 19th chapter, this great prophet has just finished a supernatural moment of gigantic proportions for God. And how is it that in a moment like that, of accomplishing that, some way or another in the midst of that victory, the lies and the voices of darkness seem to overwhelm him? Oh, I remember days of great, great revival. And every great revival, people are talking about it. The church is growing and lives are being changed. And when that flood is over, it's like a lot of times when you you uh, enjoy a great moment, maybe Christmas or New Year or something of that nature, and everybody's there and it's family time. But, but when it's over and there's nothing left but the house and you and maybe one or two others, and you begin to reflect. And you ask yourself, what did we accomplish? And The day in and day out of having to get up now and go to work and continue the routine that has not been fulfilling for you in a long time. Continuing on a job responsibility where the pressure chokes the life out of you. Where the demand of production is on your back all the time breathing down your neck. And you're giving it everything you have and all around you it seems like. There's not much fulfillment here. We often would say it is the same old same old. And we lapse into a state that we would consider neutrality but you are never neutral. Neutral. If you study Scripture, you're either advancing and you're passionate about it, or you are moving backwards and regressing away from what you once were. Is it possible that you and I can become what we feel? Listen to what you say. If you cannot be realistic with your own thoughts, ask someone else What's my conversation like? Do I encourage you? Am I a person of encouragement? Am I a person of a positive attitude? Am I a person that, that strengthens you? Am I a person that makes you want to do things that you've never done in my conversation? Or am a person that's always talking about my challenge, my problem, or what's not happening, or something that's not taking place? I'm always talking about more about what I don't have than what I do have. Can we become what we feel? First Kings nineteen four. while he himself went a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough. He said, I want you to take my life. I'm nothing better than my ancestors who failed miserably. The spiritual giant who had the faith to stand in the face of the enemy and and called fire down from heaven. And now he's at a place of death. What happened? I can tell you, it always starts with this one thing. It doesn't have to be gigantic, but it starts with one thing. It starts with a lie. And that lie comes to the mind and heart and spirit of all of us. But the lie is not the challenge. The lie becomes real If we choose to believe it but the enemy often will fix our minds psychologically and cause us to begin to reminisce a moment so that we don't really see it as a danger as we begin to believe the lies of the enemy. Oh, he will never tell you that you're a failure right up front. He'll just load you up with anxiety and worry and fear. He'll load you up with one problem after another. He'll load you up with so many difficulties that you'll begin to believe the lie that God doesn't care, that that you have sowed your good seeds and there is no harvest for you, and that the season that you're in now will never end. It'll always remain the same. The lie came from the most wicked woman of her day, We know who she is, though physically she's dead, but her spirit is still alive in our culture today. It's that Jezebel spirit that represented every lie the enemy used to attack our soul and our happiness and contentment. And who was she? She was the person that had no conscience whatsoever she was filled with wickedness and bitterness and self-centeredness. It all came right out of the pit of hell. It was personified satanic spirit. She had the ability to give an order to kill the prophets of God and tried to destroy the worship of Jehovah and demanded that God's people practice idol worship. Oh, and she presented them, well, you don't have to totally forsake your worship of Jehovah. Just don't leave out the other gods. And little by little, When you begin to compromise truth and reality, it's not long that you begin to settle for the compromise because it's easier and more believable. She spat in the face of God and His people. She declared to Elijah that her gods would torture and destroy and bleed the life out of him because of his faithfulness and his commitment to Almighty God and his service for God. She was incensed by the thrust of demonic darkness. And at that moment, at that moment being weary, at that moment being tired, at that moment the adrenaline flow had stopped. And Elijah, after the miracle, fear and loneliness, or oh, in the sister of loneliness, is discouragement, set in on Elijah. Our young people fight a big battle today, and the number one fight, in addition to drugs and alcohol, is the desire to commit suicide. It often starts by cutting yourself. And withdrawing and that spirit of suicide, and it's among young people. Our young people ought to have the brightest hope of all Americans. Our young people in the church ought to see the beautiful and the joy and the power and the anointing of God but it's hard for them to enjoy that when there's backbiting and gossip and murmuring and individuals who just feel like they are Job's comforter. How can young people expect to believe the God of Jehovah, the God of joy when they hear that in the Christian culture? So today what you see happening in America is the bursting forth of young people who declare, we want a voice, and everybody should be heard, but it expresses a bigger need, and that need is simply this, we are somebody, and we have no nothing to stand on that brings satisfaction and fulfillment. It's set in it on Elijah, Elijah became what he felt, defeated and lonely. Remember it was all because he started and believed one lie just a lie. But God has given us the antidote and some good instruction. If we have to live, happen to listen to it. And here it is, Paul's writings in Philippians 4.8. You talk about a person who had ample opportunity to be discouraged and lonely and give up. It was Paul. But here's what he writes. Finally, brethren, I want you to remember that whatever is true or honorable or right or pure or lovely, whatever is a good report, If there's any excellence of anything worthy of praise, here's what he says, let your mind dwell on those things. Let your mind dwell on the positive. Let your mind dwell on what you do have. Let your mind dwell on those things that gives honor to God. Let your mind dwell on those things that you have done in the past and will do in the future. Let your mind, you control your mind. You have the ability to choose to say to the enemy of your soul, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You will not toy with my mind. You will not toy with my spirit. You will not toy with my conscience. You will not toy with my Christian character. For I choose to believe this, that no matter what happens in my life, God is still God, and He's on His throne. That's what I choose to believe. Come on, church. That's what I choose. So as easily as you can believe a lie, you can make a positive decision. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 22 in the message version. Be cheerful. Say that with me be cheerful no matter what. Be cheerful no matter what. Let's say it again, be cheerful no matter what. How do you think that would work all day tomorrow if you practice that? You wake up and you got a flat tire. You wake up and your battery's not working. You wake up and it happens to be rainy. It's not forecast to rain, but your windshield wipers don't work when it's supposed to. wake you up and your boss decides to give you a surprise evaluation report and he got his word, got his evaluation for somebody that does not like you and presented it to the good old boss. He hasn't looked at what you're really, really doing. He's believing somebody else who's lied about you and he brings you in. Now what defense do you have? What defense do you have against a lie it is a quiet meek and humble spirit and say god you are my advocate jesus you are my advocate in heaven's courts you deal with these issues what pray all the time thank god no matter what happens turn to your neighbor and say listen he's talking to you thank God no matter what happens some of you enjoyed saying that way too much this is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live he says the value don't suppress the what don't suppress the what do you know we're more spirit than we are flesh hello do you know what's going to die your flesh you know what's going to live your spirit. Amen. He said, don't you suppress the spirit and don't stifle those who have a word from the master. On the other hand, don't be gullible. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be gullible. There you go. Don't be gullible. And that is not a man's name, you women out there looking for a husband. Check out everything and keep only what's good Throw out anything tainted with evil. Wow, instruction. It's to say, if you want to escape the loneliness and the lies, practice those. Here we go. How do we become alienated? I see it all the time. I can tell I've been doing this a long time when people start getting just a little, you know, just a little, and you begin to move around a little bit. Some of you are out of place, by the way, I want you to know first kings 19:10 he replied <laughs> you know god i need to tell you i've been very zealous the israelites have rejected your covenant broken down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword and let's just say those words together i am the and go ahead and read on and now you poor baby. <laughs> I'm the only one left. So you were told you had cancer this week. You're not losing. And there was a healer in Zion. Amen? You looked at your checkbook and you found... The throng of red ink on its way, (laughs) he's got plenty. Well, send some my way, Lord. You just keep doing the faithful route, and I promise you, God will interrupt the chest of the enemy and take out what the enemy thought he had and give it to you, my friend. That will happen. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. He'll take the riches of those that are wicked and give it to those that are followers. I'm the only one. Left. You are never alone. Never. You're never, never, never alone. And when we believe our lie that comes to us, here's what happens. Your joy and your contentment and your victory and your boldness are all challenged by the power of spiritual darkness. I know whom I have believed in. Well, then live that way. Think on those things that are positive and, and where Jesus, where Jesus was in the when he was in the wilderness, Satan endeavored to attack him. It was out in the wilderness, and I want you to know as I said, loneliness will hide in the dark places or. Be uh, very uh, vigilant in the bright lights and he's no respecter of whomever it might be. And here's what I found out. If the devil is twisting you and the devil is seemingly giving you a problem and you have any of the things I mentioned right now, here's the way I want to encourage you to look at it. The devil never messes with anybody that he is not intimidated with. If he's intimidated with you, he will bother you. He will mess with you. He will create a mess in you. So if you've got problems, you must be on the right track hallelujah and you're making the devil jealous because you can say I know that it looks difficult but I am on my way hallelujah to the deliverance of the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit you take that and move forward with it this Sunday morning preaching six weeks before Elvis died I was in a restaurant, a place, a place of business yesterday. I wanted to buy a $9 item. The precious lady, she was a nice sweet lady. May I have your last name? I was in a hurry. Blackburn she said your first name I said ma'am I really don't want to do this that's an eight dollar and 88 cent item here's ten dollars I just want to buy this I don't want to give you my date of birth I don't want to tell you when I got married I don't want to tell you I don't want to tell you my social security number I don't want to tell you how many tattoos I have I don't want to tell you anything I just want to buy this item. She said, but I got to have it to complete the deal. Now, I had right at that moment, I had a real bad spirit that hit me. How many understand? It was a perfect moment for the flesh, my flesh, to come out. And that, but I had a granddaughter there. (laughs) What I wanted to say that I did not say, that I let the Holy Spirit direct me. You can take that item right there, and you can keep it. I don't need it. You lost a sale, and I am never coming back in here again. That's what I wanted to say. But how many of you know by a raised hand, that would have not been the proper thing to do? How many of you think you could have been that controlled? A few. I'm looking back there in the corner to see if anybody raised your hand. Thank you. She said, but I really need a name. I said, okay, Elvis. It's Elvis. Does that help you? Is that with an E? I I said... Ma'am, any way you want to spell it is fine. So a reporter asked Elvis Presley, Elvis, when you first started playing and making music, you said you wanted to be rich and famous and happy. Are you happy? And Elvis replied, and I'll use a, this word, I am lonely as Hades. when people would line up for hours to get into his concert and yet the man on the stage with the lights with money that he had never had with fame and fortune that took him into the offices of major leaders around the world I'm miserable why he knew the answer He'd been raised in a good old solid Pentecostal church. His grandmother was on fire for Jesus. And Elvis, not long before he died, went to one of our pastors, sat down in his office on the floor, and said, Help me. Help me. he could not make the journey of breaking the massive contracts with more and more money to be able to cross into the arena where he could totally lean and trust in the Lord how does it work what happens when that happens we devaluate ourselves spirit of defeat we rationalize away truth he says I have had enough no better than my ancestors. They're all failures and so am I." You are not a failure. You are a treasure that is waiting to be buffed by the master hand of the son of the living God. And he, you've heard it before, has never made a mistake. Amen? Never made a mistake. And when you allow yourself to become alienated from your friends and your family and your church and you start marginalizing your relationships with those that, that are not holy, that are not righteous, that are not faithful, and you begin to hook up with those individuals, you become, here it is, a perfect target for self-destruction. Seek, the devil says, kill and destroy the devil says i want to seek you out i want to kill you you can still have a heart that's beating and you can still be walking but you're not alive you don't feel like living you don't feel like you're anybody you don't feel like you have any value you don't feel like you feel like the world is there and where does it eventually get you to the power or to the pit of destruction, of eternal hell, and far too many people are getting in there. And how do you know when it's at its highest? It starts with the blame game. Number three. Why can't we see what God sees? This message is to encourage you, those of you listening online. Why can't we see what God sees? First Kings nineteen eighteen. Yet I reserve seven thousand in Israel, all whose knees never bowed down to Baal. And all whose mouths have never kissed him. He believed a lie from the enemy. He did. You see friend. You're not alienated alone or lonely. You cannot see what God sees. Without the Holy Spirit encounter. And that's what it takes. Psychological books. And adjustments of the way you think. Will not work as well. Not even close until you first. Get the heart. The heart. The heart. Of who you are in tune with the Master. How's your heart? How's your heart? Out of the abundance of the gut, the mouth speaketh. Pardon this yard talk, that ain't what it says. Out of the abundance of what? The heart. The blame game will start. You'll blame anyone. That blame game often is there. How does it happen? He says, you have to have a Holy Spirit encounter. And so we know what happened. An angel touched him. He rose up. He ate. He ran to a secure place. God confronted him and asked him, what in the world are you doing here? God revealed his presence, and he started with the wind. Oh, well, you want to see power? You want to have an unstable ground, an earthquake, an earthquake? Oh you want to see how quickly fire can spread and destroy everything in its path. But what about this? What about that whisper? Rosie, I love you. John better things are coming gordon get ready sue don't be discouraged the holy spirit begins to whisper and when the holy spirit begins to whisper he drills deep down into the cavity of our soul after god said what are you doing here the whisper then God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back the way you came. I want the spiritual encounter to take place, and for a spiritual encounter to take place, to eradicate all that junk, you need to renew your first love. Oh, I remember the time. Go back there. Oh, I remember when the Holy Spirit was all over me. Go back there. I remember when I prayed, I believed God could move mountains. Go back there. Oh, I believe, I would believe anything. The preacher said it, I believed anything. Go back there. In other words, go back to the place on the path of your life. When things begin to split, and go back to that place and say, God, anoint me, renew me, baptize me, refresh me, and give me a heart and a passion that lingers in your presence. The sad thing was the very ones who had lifted up the idols and destroyed the altars of God were the Israelites. Not the Moabites, not the Hittites, the Israelites. God said, oh, by the way, when your heart has the vision that I have, you will see that renewed spirit of the first love again. And you'll be like a brand new baby. All cuddled and clean and fresh and beautiful. And I will speak to you. I thought in my study, I've studied this numerous times, but again... I thought I'd think I'd remember what happened to Jezebel. Jehu, who his design task was assassination and annihilation of people. And he killed his master, Jehu killed. And Jezebel, it says, got all painted up, put on her false eyelashes. She double-lined her lips and broadened them a little bit. She put the lip liner way up here and accented that little part that goes up right here. She had her hair braided. She had the strongest of perfume, i.e. body lotion. And she went to the window in all her expensive garments, feeling that she was high enough out of Jehu's way, and she began to taunt him. She thought... I'm Jezebel. Jehu didn't care. He commanded some of those working with him subversely throw her down here. And the theologians say, cautiously, they threw her out the window. Jehu. Who had the Cadillac of chariots with 22's on it, <laughs> wide rims, <laughs> and ran over her until the blood splattered on the chariots and on the horse and on the walls. And that was it. And then someone orders somebody gather her up. She's all over the place. She is truly beside herself. <laughs> and bury her. The problem was, God made a mockery of her. And by the time the burial people got there, there was nothing left but her feet, her cranium, her cavity because the dogs had literally torn her to shreds. Why did I paint that picture? Because I want you to see that the powerful lies of the enemy have no strength or no standing when God decides to say, you've had enough. Now I'm going to show the world what kind of power you really have. You are nothing compared to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's going to be here Sunday morning on Easter Sunday. Amen. Would you stand? Let's give the Lord a clap offering, would you? (laughs) Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you because you're all powerful, you are the anointed one, you are the healer, you are the encourager, you are the food for sustenance, God. You are our spiritual breath of fresh air. You are the one who's able to tackle every imp from hell and every demonic lie that comes and tries to invade our thought process. We know what to do, hallelujah. And we shall do it tonight in the name of Jesus by the authority of your word. Just in case you might be listening online or in this room and you are not right with Jesus, let me tell you, you are running down the wrong trail. You are chasing the wrong rabbit. And sooner or later, unless you decide to listen to the voice of God, it'll lead you to the place of destruction. It does not have to be that way. God desires right now in this room to intervene in your behalf and he can do it. And let me say this for some of you. Don't get too smart for your britches, friend. Don't believe that you're untouchable. Don't believe that things are so well right now that you can shift a cruise control. That's not God's will. God is real. He is raw. And He is powerful. So let's repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, Jesus forgive, me. forgive me. I have failed you. I have sinned, I have, have run from you, I ran from and you. I, come you I come to you now, and I believe by faith, believe by faith. you will forgive me. Will forgive me. I, have hard, I have run hard, but I found you there. I've tried to hide, but you are there. I tried to go high, but I couldn't go high enough. You are there. So come into my heart, encourage me, strengthen me. I lay down my life right now. No longer will I be a victim of the lies of the enemy. No longer will I be a pet of darkness. No longer will I feel like a yo-yo on the end of the string of darkness for right now I ask you bring your touch into my life in your name I pray amen come on let's give the Lord a clap offering shall we do that amen 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 Amen. Amen. if you need prayer this is your night all you have to do is leave where you're at There is a hot iron off the coals of the Holy Spirit tonight that desires to minister to you. So whatever that need is, whatever it is, we're going to sing this song, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to come. And we're not going to labor the point, friend. You come if God's directing you now. you got family members that are lost. Bring them on down and present them to Jesus in your heart. Would you do that? Here we go, everybody.
1: Come into your presence past pass the gates of praise And to your sanctuary Till we're standing face to face I look upon your countenance, I see the fullness of your grace I can only bow down and say Come on, everybody, let's sing that song together. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, i have Father. Mighty
0: God. Come on, sing the rest again. Here we go. As I'm
1: coming to your presence past the gates of praise and to your sanctuary till we're standing face to face I look upon your countenance and see the fullness of your grace I can only You are awesome in this place, mighty God, mighty God, you are awesome in this place, I'm a father, you are worthy of all reigns, to you
0: Okay, here we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight. We have heard the truth and the Word of God. I thank you because I know that Word never comes back void. I pray because I realize someone online you delivered tonight, you ministered to them and their family. They didn't count on being in this service, but they picked it up. And we pray favor and blessing in the lives of those that you've spoken to. In this room right now, let us leave here with mission let us leave here with purpose let us leave here with desire let us leave here with anxious anticipation of the next great powerful move of your holy spirit in our own lives awaken our passion commit us to that first love experience again and father in your holy name We understand the powers of darkness, but we know how much greater you are as you work in us as opposed to how the enemy works. We declare our future is God-breathed and God-ordained. I pray you would heal those who are fighting physical problems. Bring healing to them in the name of the Lord. Break the yoke of bondage in the lives of some families. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And thank you, God the Father. Who never fails. We give you praise and honor. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. I love you, everybody.